0: This is the Business Processes Simplified podcast. I'm your host, David Jennings. In a moment, you'll learn about our guest, Pete Williams, This episode was recorded as part of the Business Systems Summit, so you're going to hear that intro. But I love to record just short little audios to go up front to give you a real flavour for what this episode is about. Now, Pete's a good mate of mine. I've known him for many years. We've got a colourful past, having uh, both sold Australia's most well-known sporting stadium, the Melbourne Cricket Ground. That's probably a story for another day. But in this particular episode, we focus in on Pete's seven levers framework. This is a fantastic way to look at business and think about what are the seven key areas where you can pull a lever that will impact your bottom line, that is your net profit. So Pete has identified these seven levers and that's what he outlines in this audio. So he'll talk about suspects, prospects, conversions, average item price, average items per sale, transactions per customer, and profit margin. Each one of those you're able to affect and influence and it works really well with my model of the world and the way that I think about business because you can have systems and processes for each lever. You can have a system that helps you to improve your conversions. You can have a system that helps you to upsell the number of transactions a customer ends up taking with you over a period of time. You can have a system for generating more prospects. All of these areas can be directly impact and controlled and increased by focusing in on the system. So it's a great episode. I know you're going to love it. Of course, if you want to learn a little bit more about the way that I think about business and the way that I frame everything together. The best place for you to start is to check out my book, Systemology. It's available over on Amazon. You can find out more about it at systemology.com forward slash book. That's systemology.com forward slash book. And the whole tagline there is to create time, reduce errors and scale your profits with proven business systems. So I'll let you check out the book. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode and I know you're gonna love it. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings. And in this session, we're going to be chatting with Pete Williams. Now, Pete is one of two people to actually come back to the summit because last time he shared a system he's not really well known for. And I wanted him to come back and talk about something that he's more well known for, which is his seven levers framework. Now, he wrote a book, a best-selling book called Cadence, which tells the story of a bike shop owner who finds a mentor and gets guided through the application of these seven levers. And the Seven Levers, it's a framework and can be broken down into a system to apply it to your business. And that's really what I want Pete to share as part of this particular session. Now, the book has gone on to win some wider acclaim around the world and win, won loads of different awards. It's prompted Deacon Uni to actually reach out to Pete and then get him to teach this process through to their business students. And they even gave him the title of Professor of Practice, which is pretty cool.
1: Ridiculous.
0: So it's a, it's a very powerful system and I can't wait for him to share it with us. I've had the good fortune to know Pete for over 20 years now, watched him build up multiple very highly successful businesses, everything in e-commerce all the way through to telecommunications. So he's a high performer, super sharp dude, all-around nice guy. So with uh, great pleasure, I'd, I'd like to welcome back Pete to the summit. Thanks, buddy. I, uh, I feel like I want to watch this presentation now. That guy sounds incredible. So I'll he is. It off a little he bit, is. but I'll. I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> I know there's going to be a lot for us to cover, and we'll go through actually setting up the framework for the seven levers and then we're going to actually get you to share a system on how you can do a health check on the business, but maybe just as a way to start, if you can just let us know, I suppose the problem that this particular system and framework aims to solve for business owners and then yeah, let's walk through it step by step. Yeah, sounds good. I think for a lot of business owners, the problem is
1: like they know their craft really well. So they're really good on the tools or whatever it is that they're doing. Whether you're you know you're a hairdresser or you run an online consulting business or an e-commerce store, like you know your thing, you know your product, your service really, really well. But the difference between you know, being a great plumber and running a great plumbing business is worlds apart. So I think a lot of business owners, they struggle to actually work on their business. They may have read or heard of the e-myth and the whole idea of working on your business rather than in it. And they get that whole concept to get off the tools. But a problem a lot of people have is like, okay, now I'm off the tools. What do I actually focus on? What are the things I should be doing when I'm working on my business? And the seven levers framework is basically that it gives you an idea and a bit of focus of the seven things that drive profit in a business, no matter what you are, whether you're a masseuse or you're a high-end SaaS provider like System Hub or something in between, the seven levers are the core drivers of your profit. And identifying what they are, it gives you that framework of focus that every week you can come in and go, okay, I'm working on my business today. It's Monday afternoon. Here's what I'm going to work on this week. And then next week, here's the next lever to work on. And it gives you that system to follow uh, as you're trying to work on and grow the profit of a business.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I like about it most. It's in business, there's 100 things that you could be doing and it's classic 80-20. How do you figure out what is that small percentage that's going to give the biggest leverage point and the canvas that you're going to walk us through? It, it works almost like putting your business underneath a microscope so you can go, ah, here's a problem. Let's double down and fix this problem before you zoom back up. Take the business at uh, sort of like a whole level and then, again, find the next area to zoom in on.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. I was, I was hearing someone speak recently and they run a very successful online training program. They have a YouTube channel which drives a metric ton of traffic to their course and they sell a, a course on personal development. And they were talking when they started their business, they were so overwhelmed with all the different things they could do they really struggled to actually figure out how to grow their business because they had so much choice. There's so many ways to market and grow a business. You can run YouTube, you can do Facebook ads, you can do SEO, you can do content marketing. Like There's so many different ways to grow. And they were really struggling with this overwhelm of what should I do? And things like the Seven Levers Framework provide that bit of focus of going, okay, here are the things that really drive profit and you can figure out, okay, I want to tweak, grow this area. Okay, I'll do these three things or I can do this. And it gives you that kind of structure which so many business
0: owners need yeah love it all right well maybe let's jump in i'd love to get an idea or get you to explain the framework and the canvas and then then take us through that system that you've developed on how to do a health check
1: awesome cool but basically the whole idea is no matter what business you run you fundamentally fall into this shape and really business is all about the bottom line you know obviously mike Mikalowicz spoke or was speaking during the the program here about his profit first mentality which i'm a big advocate for. If you haven't read his book or seen that session, highly recommend you go and check it out because really business is all about the bottom line. You're in business to make a profit. So let's start with the bottom line. And then above that, there's three distinct categories that drive the profit through to the bottom line of the business. And again, to start with, there's nothing really magical here. You've got your sales funnel, then you've got your front end revenue then you've got your back-end revenue that re- drives the repeat business. Now, nothing too amazing here really, but the question is how much time do you spend actually identifying each of these segments and what makes them sales funnel? There's really three components to a sales funnel. You have your suspects, your prospects, and then your conversions. And I think one of the key things for so many business owners is that they don't actually take the time to sit down and clearly identify the difference between suspects and prospects uh, for their business. Most people just consider everything before a customer in the one bucket, and that's the leads bucket. But realistically, there's always a micro-commitment or a small step that people take between sort of hearing about your business and actually becoming a customer. When I was at university, I worked at Athletes Foot, the shoe store chain. And one of the things they did, and they hammered home to us, was that when someone walks into the store to buy a pair of shoes, do not try and sell them a pair of shoes. The first thing you want to do is get them to sit down and try on a pair of shoes. It's that first micro-commitment someone makes is going from you know, a tie-kicker or just someone looking to actually getting closer is to try on a pair of shoes. So that first micro-commitment was getting someone to become a trial, trying something on. And I think every business has this. Netflix, they really try you to first take a seven-day trial of their service before they actually get you to become a customer and give you their credit card details. And this actually applies to any business. You know, in our um, telco business here, you kind of mentioned it earlier, we sell phone systems um, all around Australia. And the way we define the difference is that a suspect is someone who comes and has a phone call with our sales staff. So they, they interact with our sales team. The next step they take to get closer to becoming a customer is actually getting a proposal or getting a quote from our sales team. So they get on the phone, they're a suspect, but then we have the next step, which is becoming a prospect by receiving a quote. Then we have them saying to close and convert and sell, which is then the conversion lever. So there's sort of three steps. Mm. And the thing is, there's almost three decisions that people make along that sales funnel is, okay, who am I going to talk to? Perfect. Okay, I'm going to go to athlete's foot. Well, want to try on a pair of shoes or not? Do I want to get a quote from this company or not? Do I want to add something to the cart or not? And then it's finally, do I actually purchase? There's kind of three decisions that I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't think about and they're three decisions that you can market to, you can communicate to, you can control separately.
0: That was the first thing that stood out to me right then is each person in each of those different buckets are going to have different questions and conversations going on in their head. So why you want to break them up is so that you can make sure that you're giving them the relevant information for where they're up to in that process. Spot
1: on. Absolutely. And for some people, I don't really identify these different things as I kind of mentioned earlier, and that causes problems down the track, which we'll no doubt get to shortly. So then we look at the front end revenue. The other component or well, the next component here is that the front end revenue, the revenue that your business makes is really driven by, again, two things, average item price and average items per sale. You know, what is the average item? that you're selling and what's the price of that? You know, are you selling a shoe for $100 or $120 or $150? What are you doing to change that average item price? And then you've got the second part of that is average items per sale. When they buy those pairs of shoes, do they buy some socks or a replacement insole or some cleaner? You know, it's completely overused, but would you like fries with that? It's that what are you doing to actually drive more items per sale? When someone comes and buys a phone system, do they also get offered a headset? You know, there's different things you can do to drive more items per sale. And again, it's a very different decision and conversation and marketing piece you can have in your business that actually leads to greater profits.
0: Yeah. And I'm imagining, and you'll probably get to this, it almost feels like each one of these segments, because you're quite clear on what each one is, there's probably a metric that can also be associated to each one. Absolutely, and that's the whole idea, and that's where we get to with the health check stuff is yeah. that we want to start measuring
1: and managing each of these things in isolation because what happens is everything is a separate decision and everything is a micro-commitment. Everything is a, a thing you can manipulate in a positive and ethical way because traditionally, you sort of ask someone, how do you grow your business? Oh, I need to grow profit by getting more suspects. Like, that is the traditional way people always think about when you ask them, how am I going to grow your business? Oh, give me more leads. Give me more and more leads. And they only really think about affecting one lever to grow their business when, in fact, there's really seven. So if we keep moving forward, you know, your back ends is about transactions. What are you doing to get people to come back and buy from you again? What do you have in place that do that automatically? Now, what are you doing to retain your customers? If you're a SaaS service, what are you doing besides hopefully giving a good experience to drive repeat business, to keep people, you know, on your platform? What are you doing to get people to come back and buy from you again? What is it you're proactively doing to control that? And then finally, you've got your margins. So the thing is that this is the canvas here. There's no matter what business you've got, you can map these seven areas to your business. And that is what you can control and what is really driving profit. And that's the big thing that I think so many business owners don't take time to consider is how do all these seven things relate and map to my company? And what are we doing to manipulate, manage, measure, grow each of these things in isolation?
0: Yeah. And from, I mean, we've had lots of different discussions thinking, in terms of the business uh, systems thinking mindset, like when you've got a systems mind and you look at this, each one of these areas there's a set of subsystems that can help to be installed, which will grow and improve those KPIs. And I, I know we've talked about many times this idea of building out a collection of you know best practice systems mm-hmm. for. How do you generate your suspects or what are the ways that you move the prospect through to, you know, becoming a client or how do you then upsell them? And there's a set of systems underneath each one of these. So I think the reason oh. I like this session and I want someone as they watch this, they imagine the framework here as their business. Then think about every session that they've listened to as part of the summit. And you'll actually see those sessions fall into these different categories And as Pete goes through the health check, it'll be a great way for you to identify, well, which which systems should you be following first? You do a health check. Oh, okay, well, I'm weak on these prospects here. Well, now I'll go listen to that session where there's the sales script or, hey, we need to look at improving conversions. Okay, well, let's have a look at some of the systems related to what was going on on the website or, yeah, plenty of different ways to cover it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. You know, one of the things, that, back to that athlete's foot analogy as an example, that, you know, they had the the greet and seat rules. That was sort of the methodology that they taught us and hammered home to us in the store to sort of drive people through the prospect conversion path is it was the greet and seat rules and it was a system that we were taught to rinse and repeat with every single person who walked into the door. And it was literally a system and it was shoved down our throats to to sort of drink the athlete's foot Kool-Aid, but it worked. Athlete's foot are a phenomenal franchise for a particular reason because they have systems in place and they kind of get the idea of this sort of model
0: yeah so what's your system then we get an idea of the framework here and i'll put links through to the book so you can get a copy of the canvas and download it and start to fill it out and then i know you're going to kind of take us through that health check
1: yeah perfect Well, one of the things before the health check, I think it's worth really reiterating some of the power of this. And this is where we're having a system in place is important from a high level and a system to actually continually working through the the framework of the seven levers. Because if you look at the data on the screen here, it's really interesting. And this is something that we kind of stumbled across is that if you look at each of these seven areas, you've got them listed at the top of the screen. The left-hand column could be your starting figures, where you are today. So you go through a health check, which we'll talk about, and you do a bit of a pulse check of where you're at and you work out your numbers. You know, right now we have 17,000 people a month coming to our website, hypothetically. 5% of those people opt in to take our free trial if we're Netflix, as an example. 45% of people who take up the free trial convert to become customers. Right, here's my stats. The average item price is $90.00. And on average, people buy one from us per quarter. They come back and buy one pair of shoes a quarter or whatever the, the model of the business is. And our profit margin is 40%. So at the end of the day, currently we're making 16 and a half grand per period. Great, fantastic. You know sort of where your stats are. But if you look in that right hand column and you just get 7 10% wins, just small improvements, we're not mm-hmm. talking about trying to double your business or anything like that. Just have a system in place that every week, every fortnight, every month, depending on sort of your structure and your schedule and what system you want to put in, you work to increase those things by 10%. Only small 10% wins. We're not trying to double anything here, just small incremental wins. So some of the systems and things you've covered and learnt from the summit so far, you tie in as as Dave referenced. Okay, we're going to change our sales scripts. We're going to get our sales staff to convert more prospects to conversion. So we're going to go from a 45% conversion rate to a 49.5% conversion rate, just that small 10% boost. The actual bottom line change is doubling of the profit. It's incredible just the power of accumulated and marginal gains in that having a system to regularly come back and look at each of these areas in your business and sort of you know, cycle through them, if you will, systematically, actually gives you a more reasonable goal of achieving 10% wins and the effect of accumulated doubling of your business. And that's what I think is really powerful mm-hmm.
0: for that system. I think what I'll do, I'll try and also map which... Uh, departments will mostly influence each of these different numbers because obviously you've got marketing that's going to hit your kind of suspects and prospects sales Absolutely. that kind of hits your conversion. Also, once you kind of move into with the profit margin and things like that, that's oftentimes to do with your operational type of exactly. system like how do you shrink the delivery time how do you make your team members more effective and um, you know get more done with less those sorts of things so these numbers what i love about them is they they map to different departments and then as i said we've got different systems which help then to improve those departments it's those different things yeah it's perfect
1: it's like this is almost like the blueprint or that foundational thing for, for other stuff within the summit which is kind of cool yeah perfect so let's talk through this health check. So this is the, the health check stuff. and We kind of talk about it a bit in cadence uh, in the book, but really I think this is kind of you know a really good way to kind of patch it out and show how to work through it because there's really four steps in this system of doing a health check because I think it's really important for every business to at least do a health check to figure out where you are today. If you don't sort of see the value in actually you know, doing the whole regular win kind of structure across the framework, that's fine. But at least do a health check and use this little mini system of where you actually go. Because the first thing we want to do is we want to clarify where things are at in your business. We want to capture what you're currently doing. We want to calculate the data to work out what your starting figures are and then correct anything that's broken. And we'll walk through those sort of steps now. So the first thing is really clarifying. Because before you can do anything, you need to really, really clarify what each of these seven levers represent in your business. Because every business is slightly different. Although the framework maps to any company, really it's different to you for me. Like our e-commerce business, for example, the way we define what the micro-commitment is that prospects make is actually adding something to the shopping cart. Whereas an athlete's foot store, the micro-commitment is getting people to try on a pair of shoes. So the definition and the way you clarify is slightly different per business. But the overall actual process and the framework still maps so the first step is ideally print out a big copy of the canvas dave as he mentioned will make that available for download completely free download it on a3 or draw it up on a whiteboard in your boardroom with your team and then grab some post-it notes that's the first thing is grab a packet of post-it notes and go through with your team and work out clarify how you define each of those different areas of the framework in your business you know what is a repeat transaction in your business is it someone came back in the store and buying from you again or is it someone just you know continuing their membership you know really if someone you know buys once but then you know buys and is on a monthly retainer or subscription are they really that, what's forcing the transactions uh, and things like that so it's really important to kind of get clarity first of what each of those areas actually are
0: couple of questions around this one is there any particular ones that you find people have the most difficulty trying to articulate or to define. Just so we can give some examples or something for the ones that are hardest to define. Because some of them are more clear. Like I'm thinking things like, you know, margins and number of transactions. For a lot of businesses that will be more clear. And I'm assuming we're just going to take averages here. Like first thing I'm not even doing any math right now. We're just trying to figure out what the heck it is because yes, yep.
1: it we can So right now in this first step, it's just clarifying. And I think it's really important to go, yeah, what are these answers? Because, you know, I think the biggest one is the prospects. A lot of people don't really take time to figure out what is the difference between someone who walks in the door and someone who buys from us. And really, if you work out what's the thing that happens in between, what's the big, it's a micro-recommend, what's the big change between someone walking into your store and buying from you? You know, for an e-commerce store, for example, it's really, you know, somebody comes to your website is probably a suspect. But when they actually buy from you, they're obviously a conversion. So what happens in between? Well, generally, yeah. it's that big add to cart button. Adding a product to your cart will be that prospect stage because you know, someone can't buy from your store and check out until they've actually first added the product to the cart. So that's kind of the micro commitment in that scenario. I think that um, made it
0: like super clear for me there. It's kind of like, what is the point at which they first come into the store or, you know, onto your business website or whatever, yeah. and then what the sale is. And as soon as you said what happens in the middle, it was obvious to me. Like I'm thinking of our the Planet 13 rock and roll clothing music store we used to have, and the first thing that popped into my head is we would get them into the change room. So exactly right. Once you kind of know those two and you think, right, if someone was going to take a middle step, what would that middle step be? That makes it mm. very easy to identify. Yeah. And if you look at System Hub as a business, if we kind of pull that one apart a
1: little bit? You know, obviously, you know, Netflix free trials. You know, getting that first kind of scenario, speaking to you to get a quote. And if you're that sort of business, getting you to come out and do a free free um, assessment of their concrete if you're doing a concreting job or whatever it is, there's always some sort of step in between. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of online information marketers, it's getting them to download the lead magnet. So someone coming to your website is your suspects, and then getting them to download the lead magnet uh, or that free report is the prospect account or the prospect stage, and then getting that person to buy is the conversion. Yeah, so I think that. that's a big one that a lot of people don't really recognise or differentiate. The other one, ironically, is actually figuring out what my average, what an item is. It sounds really mm-hmm. basic, but I think a lot of people don't really figure out. Okay, what is the item I'm selling? Because you know, for example, if you're selling a service like System Hub, are you selling a 12-month subscription, or is that the product you're selling, or are you selling 12? one-month subscriptions.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: like, really, you have some time. There's no right or wrong answer here. This is the big thing. It's just as long as you define it and you're confident in your definition, then, and you, you make it consistent when you, you know, you're, you're comparing one period versus the other because the idea is getting growth. So you need to be able to sort of compare them together because if you said, okay, I'm selling one item and it's a 12-month subscription and that's your item, then really, in a 12-month period, they only ever purchase one. They purchase one thing once a year even though you charge a credit card 12 times, you've only really purchased one. If it's a 12-month subscription, is what you're calling your item. Whereas if you define it as, okay, we're selling monthly subscriptions, when one client might buy 12 over a 12-month period because they stay for the whole mm. year, some clients only might stay for three months so in a 12-month period, one person transaction, transacts 12 times, another one only transacts three. So it's yeah. really important to actually clarify how you define an item because that affects your average item price, the amount of items you have per sale, and the transactions you actually have.
0: Using that as the example then, so let's run with System Hub. Again, yep. you said there's no right or wrong answer, so it could be both. I mean, when I think about it, ideally we want to be selling annual subscriptions because I know systems and processes it's one of those things that you kind of have to commit to and i, I want people to throw their hat over the fence like some people mm-hmm. if they dabble and you sign up for a month then you go oh wow i was too busy i didn't really get to, around to doing anything so i'm going to unsubscribe whereas someone once yep. you committed for a full year you you're increasing the likelihood of succeeding cuz now mm-hmm. you've kind of gone well i've made a commitment and 12 months to get this thing worked yep. out so as I'm talking through that, I would jump to probably the annual. But do people have the option of buying monthly though? Both. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So then I would be making the case for you that really the item you sell is a monthly subscription. Sometimes you just try and pre-sell 12 transactions in a contract. But really yeah. they're, they're, what you're selling is a monthly subscription and you, you know, you're actually selling 12 in a pack. And then items per sale, this is where it gets, you know, takes a bit of time to think it through correctly because you'd say, well, items per sale, have I sold 12 items in that transaction because someone's bought 12 months in one transaction or have I just sold one item and then it's just gonna, the person's going to buy 12 times? So you've got to figure out, you know, what is it an item, have you sold 12 of those in one sale or have you just sold you know, one sale is one item being a monthly subscription, one, but the person buys again the next month, the next month, the next month. So there's different ways that calculate the same end figure. It's just figuring out how you want to define them for yourself because how you can change, manipulate, manage, market the differences. So you got to kind of think that through. And this is where a lot of people do get stuck is they kind of go, oh, hang on, this person bought from me, they, they, they subscribed to a 12-month subscription, so we charged their credit card 12 times, but we only made one sale to them. Well, then the math gets really skewed to go, okay, what we sold them was a $1,000 subscription. So the average album price is 1000 they bought, bucks. They bought 12 months from us. So that's 12 items in the sale. We, we charge a credit card 12 times. Now, if you do $1,000 times 12 times 12, that's not really your actual overall revenue. It's, it, you massively skew your numbers. So you kind of got to get it right. And it takes a bit of time to really think that through. So um, I think that's where people do get the clarified stage a little bit a little bit confusing. So you've got to really take the time to think, okay, how do we differentiate each of these? So when you do look at a period of time, you go, okay, average item price times items per sale times transactions in that period should give you your overall revenue figure. Now, if it doesn't match up, you've done something wrong with the way you define it and you've misdefined some things.
0: Perfect. That makes sense. All right. So if that first step here really is just getting very clear on the, you know, exactly what everything means, what happens next? So then I think the best next step is actually go and capture what you're currently doing to
1: work these different things. So, you know, you go and spend time going, okay, what is driving suspects to our website, for example? Okay, we're currently doing AdWords. We're currently doing SEO. You know, or we're doing magazine advertising. We're doing an A-frame out the front of our business. Just go and actually grab and collate and capture all different things you're doing in each of the different levers. You know, what are you currently doing? How do you convert a customer? Okay. We use a proposal. Okay, go and grab one of your proposals and just put it in that uh, little bucket. So you kind of have this collection of all the stuff you're currently doing to actually manipulate, manage, improve, maintain each of these seven areas. And literally on the post-it notes, write through, okay, these are the things we're doing. And you put them in that area of the framework on your whiteboard or on your A3 paper to go, okay, currently we're doing this to actually grab suspects in the door. Um, You know, because you might find, oh, look, we're not really asking anybody to try on a pair of shoes. We don't really have a system in place to get people to go into the change rooms. Okay, so we're not really capturing or doing anything right now to encourage suspects to go to prospects. All we're doing really right now is letting someone walk in the door and then we're trying to sell them. We don't have anything happening in the moment in between. So you might have nothing in that particular square or that section when you actually go to capture that. You know, right now, athlete's foot. As an example, when I worked there, they had that whole suspect prospect conversion sort of thing going really, really well. Although they didn't call it that at the time, it was there. But they had nothing proactive to really drive people back into the store. They weren't doing anything in the transactions lever. They just hoped someone came in and bought a pair of shoes and they'd had a good experience and just hope and pray someone would come back and buy again in six months' time. You know, whereas what they could have done is they could have said, and they're doing this sort of stuff now is, hey, let me email you a copy of your invoice, what's your email address? So they're capturing the email address, invoice, sending a copy of the receipt or the invoice, and then put them in an email sequence. If they buy a running shoe, they get emails about running shoes and running tips. If they buy basketball boots, they get a series of emails about basketball boots. So they're proactively reaching out to these people, these customers, to get them to come back and transact again. Maybe as a a SaaS, like what does Netflix do to convince you to keep your subscription up? What are they currently doing in that scenario? Well, they could go and look at the emails they send over, you know, currently in in place right now that when someone signs up to their subscription, what are they actually doing? You know, what are McDonald's doing to drive people to come back again? If you've got the app now, the McDonald's app, they're sending push notifications. They might go and grab those, but historically they probably didn't do anything. So by going through this capture motion, you actually figure out what am I currently doing in each of these areas and you'll, again, probably find some gaps where you're not putting post-it notes because you're not doing something in one of these areas. Maybe you don't train your sales staff to ask, would you like fries with that? Maybe your proposals currently is what you're doing to actually convert prospects, but there's nothing in your proposal that suggests additional items. You You buy a phone system. Here are three additional items. Would you like a headset? Would you like a conference phone? You know, what are you doing to get people to buy additional items at the same time? So that's what you're capturing. You're going through and seeing what systems you have in place. And it really is about the systems. You're capturing the systems you have that drive each of these areas. And you'll probably find there's not some systems. You don't have a system where you train your staff to bring out a pair of shoes, but also bring some shoe cleaner and talk about how shoe cleaning can actually help the life of your shoes those kind of things, where are the
0: systems in place to drive that? I can see as someone goes through this, they'll just get a little bit of an aha moment here or there because the (laughs) holes in the business will become immediately obvious to them. And if they park in the back of their brain as well, the aim of the game is to have, as you said, the systems in place for each one of these so that Mm -hmm. they can then start to happen without you, the business owner involved. Because what we've talked about here is basically how the business makes money. If you can systemize it, and have money come into the business that's not dependent on the owner, that's when you'll start to get some magic happening. Yeah. And because these are the seven drives of profit for any business, you have to try
1: and have things in place and systems around each one of these on a regular basis. And obviously, the idea to grow is putting new systems and additional systems and additional things in place for more touch points
0: along the journey for the customer. Yeah, perfect. All right. So we've started to define, capture, and then, yeah, now we're kind of up to that step number three. You don't want to
1: calculate stuff because, you know, as you alluded to earlier, you know, you can't, you know, it's a bit of an overused cliche, but you can't manage what you don't measure. So if you're looking at these 10% wins, if you're looking at saying, okay, I want to grow each of these levers by 10% to get that doubling of my profit, you need to know what your starting point is. You need to calculate how many suspects have I got the last quarter, the last month, the last year, whatever period of time you want to analyse. And you go through this and you go, okay, that's it. How many people became prospects? What happens between suspects and prospects and, and how many actually take that, that step as a percentage? You go through each of these and try and calculate, what is my average item price? What is my average number of items per sale? You know, how often the customers come back and buy from me again in, in this particular period of time? And what a lot of people find is they're not measuring some of this stuff. You know your overall traffic. You might know your overall conversion rate and you might know your final um, final profit figure. But you don't have each of these areas calculated in their own unique way. And that's where you find a lot of big gaps. Where people go through this and try and calculate each of these areas and write them on their post-it notes and stick it to their canvas because you might know, oh, actually, I don't know how many people are actually, you know, what our average number of items per sale are. You know, I don't know if people are buying a phone system plus a headset. I'm not sure if people are buying shoes and and the cleaners. Because you might have a system in place to get someone to suggest, would you like fries with that? But if you're not measuring it, how do you know if it's actually working and if you should change, adjust, uh, or tweak or pivot some of these uh, systems in place that are meant to be driving these areas? If you're not calculating it, you're not sure what's going on. I remember a while ago when we with our e-commerce store, it's a couple of years ago now, we um, ran AdWords, and we still do, to drive traffic, to drive suspects to our e-commerce stores. And it was a long weekend, you know, a holiday uh, here in Australia. So we paused our ads over that, like, long weekend period because there was no point running ads on a Monday when no one's going to be here to answer phone calls and, and make sales and things like that. So we turned the ads off. Anyway, for whatever reason, we came back on that Tuesday or Wednesday morning and forgot to turn our ads back on. So if we were doing this at the time, we would have captured, yeah, we're running AdWords to drive suspects to our business. And we would have gone, yep, great, fantastic, and beat our chest. Because we luckily sat down regularly through our system to actually recalculate and make sure we're on track with our targets for each of these seven areas, we realised after about four days that why has there been a massive dip in our suspects? We went and looked and went, oh, we forgot to turn our AdWords campaign back on. So calculating some of these things actually helps you manage where you actually are. Uh, I heard another story recently where I was uh, talking to someone, and they were like, yep, great. We have a beautiful email campaign that manages our transactions per customer. We have a system in place when someone buys from us. We have emails that go out and drive people back into our business. And it works beautifully. We spent $10,000 on marketing and and a copywriter to do it. I'm like, great, cool, let's get some stats. And the guy went off to sort of speak to his assistant or the office manager to go, can you get some stats on, on how this has been tracking so we can calculate where we're at? And he's beating his chest about it. And sheepishly, about 10 minutes later, the receptionist walks back in and goes, uh, that hasn't run for about four months. The, uh, the credit card expired and Susie used to manage. that's obviously left and no one's checking her emails and that, that sequence hasn't run for four months. It's like, A lot of the time people find through this health check process stories like that of just like as soon as they start calculating these areas, they realize that what they thought was running because they've collected, here's the emails we ran. Here's the PDF printout Mm. of all the emails we spent 10 grand to do. So aren't these emails fantastic? But until you take that next step and actually calculate what's actually happening in the results, you don't really know what's going on. And this, this is a big win for a lot of people when they go through this part of the system of doing the business health check.
0: And I feel like there's probably two things that stand out to me right uh, straight away. Firstly is, I mean, this would be perfect to have all of these metrics in on your dashboard. So inside your business and then building a system around the collection of the data and the reporting of this. Mm -hmm. So then that way you might get you know on a weekly basis or depending on how much volume's going through the business maybe it's a daily yep. basis you, and then you look at your dashboard and and really what dashboards are for is to you, you start to collect watch and see the trends happening and then when you start to see an area that's starting to dip like pete said maybe your suspects drops off then mm. the next question is you drill into a kpi and go okay well what are the things that make up that particular KPI? What are the numbers, the, the systems, the actions, the things that are happening underneath that? And then that becomes a great way for debugging problems and situations. I know if for someone the first time that they're running this, it's not about debugging necessarily something that's happened you know, as a, an action, like initially we're just getting the baseline down, but once you start monitoring on a regular basis, then these little effectively alarms will go off for you because you're like, why is that tanked? What's changed? Yeah. Well, that's literally, that's, oops, I missed step
1: four. Step four is normally, I don't know why it hasn't popped up. Sorry about that one. Step four is then correcting anything that's broken. So, you know, part of the health check is getting that baseline scenario, but then part four is literally going through and actually correcting anything that's broken. You know, you can keep moving forward once you're on the health check to grow your business and come up with new creative ways to actually, you know, get your 10% wins in the seven areas. The last part of that health check is just, you know, fixing the symptoms. You know, if, you're, if you go to a doctor to do a health check um, before he tells you to go and, you know, go to the gym and get fit, he's going to obviously try and fix the problem you've actually got with, you know, some medication or some bandages to try and fix the bleeding before you go and get fit. So before you go and create new things and create new habits and new routines, you want to fix and correct anything that's actually broken. So that's kind of the, the idea of the, that four-step system for doing the health check.
0: Yeah. So that final step and around the correcting, once we've got these Numbers down. Do you have any suggestions on how someone would navigate through that? Like, some things are going to be more obvious than others, but how do you kind of yeah, know where to focus? Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, as you're going through and doing the
1: calculations, you realize, oh my God, the AdWords has been off for four months. Turn that back on. That's correcting that problem. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, our email credit card expired in the system. We better go and fix it up so it's it's correcting easy things that you kind of figure out are broken what you find is as you go through this you might see a canvas that looks like this at the end of the day on your whiteboard or on your wall where you've got blue is all the you know the clarification of what each of these things are green may be what you've actually done to actually capture each of the things and purple is your calculations so you can sort of see here that this business they kind of know that, you know, they have a prospect, which is that, that second field across. They know how to clarify a prospect. They know how to, they're capturing it. They currently got a system in place to tell their sales staff to say, hey, come on, try a pair of shoes. But they're not calculating how many people go into the change rooms. So they can't, there's no purple stat there. So what yeah. they do is they go, okay, let's go and fix out and fix that hole. So you want to fix the gaps in the canvas of where there's things not there that right now, okay, cool, we don't even know how to, define what a prospect is for our business not doing anything at all to drive prospects in our business so let's think about what that's going to be and let's put something in place and and drive that so that's kind of the big visual you get here really nicely is where are the gaps you can see the holes in your business and that's the benefit of this health check doing it visually you map it out use Mm -hmm. post clearly see where there's gaps and where to go and fix and and tweak and improve
0: and then i imagine once um people then start to get the systems in place for each one of these things and then it all starts to happen without the business owner where we go, right, here is our base operating system. Then it's yep. a case of the business owner starting to work on rather than in and you probably go way. deeper and I know that's a lot of work people do with you when they do consulting which is then to then identify, okay, well, where in the canvas. Now we've got all of our basics covered. Where is our next biggest leverage point?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that, you know, there's almost two systems here. One is just the system of doing the health check to kind of get that baseline scenario. You know, you should always be doing a spring clean health check of your know, of your house, of your business, of yourself, of your of your uh, your finances, all that sort of stuff. But then the system is then okay. What's the system I'm going to put in place to regularly try and get my ten percent wins? Because it's yeah. all great to kind of have a system in place to kind of see where you are today and kind of get an understanding of what is driving the profits of my business today because you know if I'm just running around with my head cut off trying to run this business I don't really know what's driving profit this health check gives you that visual identification of each of the drivers but then you want to take put a system in place to you know repeatedly and regularly work on improving one and all of these seven areas so it might be the first Monday of every month you have a system in place where you pull in your team together your marketing team your managers and you go okay guys, This month, we're working on increasing our prospects. And you pull the team together and you have a system in place of going through, okay, this is what we're currently doing to drive prospects. How do we drive some more? What are some new creative ways we can implement? And then you come together as a team, you work through that, you pick one idea, and then you go off and put a system in place for that idea of how that idea is going to actually happen every month, get measured, get managed uh, on a consistent basis. The next month, you come back and you go, okay, cool. This month, we're going to work on, improving our transactions per customer. So we're going to try and figure out how to get our customers to come back more regularly and purchase again. Pull a team in, have a process of going through that, pick the idea that's going to drive more uh, transactions. It might be an email campaign. It might be a phone call from the salesperson at 30 days. It might be this. It might be that. Whatever it is, and you figure out, okay, great, how do we put a system in place in our business to make sure these emails go out regularly? How do we put a system in place in our business to make sure that 30 days after every sale, we have our salesperson call to try and get that person to buy again or buy more or whatever it might be. So you have a system in place to kind of work regularly on your business using the framework and then out of each of those sessions, you put another system in place to drive that 10% win. So you're consistently adding new 10% wins that just
0: continue to grow and grow the profit of the business. I know when someone goes through some of the other sessions, they'll start to see how these fit together. And one that just jumps out to me right now is um, the uh, EOS Entrepreneur Operating System um, from traction, we did that in the previous yep. summit We, we had um, Daniel Davis come and talk about that, who sort of heads up the Australian arm of that, uh, mm-hmm. and they talk about getting, you know, the cadence, the rhythm of the meetings for the team, and, and identifying what yep. the ninety-day big rocks are, and what are mm-hmm. the things that support that. So I think something like, you know, the seven levers framework and canvas would work really well as. You know, okay, well, these are the things that we're working on in this particular sprint.
1: Exactly. That's exactly how you do it. Absolutely. And you kind of pick in this 90 days, we're going to pick these three levers and we're going to do a sprint on these three areas and try and get something in place to get a 10% win in each of them that's consistent. And that's the idea. So you know when to sort of just run a campaign that kind of gets a spike in conversions or a spike in transactions, you want it to be consistent because if, if you level up, that's when that growth uh, and that increased profit stays consistent in your business. That's the system part of it. You know, running a campaign is great. You want to put a system in place that gives you that consistent boost in each of those areas as
0: you continue to sort of cycle through them
1: yeah rock and roll
0: well in the tail end i don't know if there are any final pieces we want to cover off before i start to point people in in the right direction definitely getting a copy of the book is a must i've got my copy it is right here so i've got my copy right there and i know everybody (laughs) should be thinking about getting their copy across amazon and and we'll put the links across to the site but but yeah any tail end thoughts and, and where should people go to find out more yeah, look, you know, cadencebook.com
1: is probably the best place to start. It's got information on the book and a whole bunch of stuff there. But really, I think the whole idea for people to take away from is you know, just take a moment and think, what framework do you have that focuses your attention when you're working on your business? And I think so many business owners don't have that, that baseline blueprint or framework to focus their attention when they're trying to grow their profit. And there's obviously all the day-to-day stuff that runs a business, and that's critically important. You've got to be there to put out fires and babysit the staff and everything in between but when you have that time to get away from your business if you don't have a framework like the seven levers to kind of keep you focused on the things that drive profit you you won't have that traction you need to kind of grow because you need that roadmap and this i think can be that to sort of drive that for you so you know where the systems should sit within your business
0: yeah rock and roll well thanks Pete, for being you're always so generous with your knowledge and time and i know people get a lot of Wisdom and insight from the the info that you shared today. Check out the book, and we'll link over to a couple of Pete's websites as well. And and thanks again, Pete, for your time. Anytime, I'm happy to help. You've just been
1: listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you, so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.